Welcome to These Days at Home podcast. I am Melissa Johns from the blog HarborHome32.com. I invite you to sit down with me and have a cup of coffee as I share encouragement, relatable life stories, and biblical reflections on These Days at Home. Hello, welcome back to These Days at Home podcast. I'm Alyssa Johns, your host. Thank you so much for joining me this week. Um, I am sitting here on my desk or at my desk and um, it's a different recording time than I normally do. I usually do in the evening, but um, my son is out on a jog with my husband and then um, the twins were sleeping. One just woke up, so you might hear some little chattering voices and some clinking of toys, but um, this is just what mom life is and I'm happy to embrace it. I wanted to get it done while it's still fresh on my mind. I put my notes together and you know how sometimes you get all these thoughts and then, you know, maybe you have a conversation with somebody the next day about it and you can't like quite verbalize it the same way. So I, um, I have all these thoughts in my head and I hope they all come out the way I intended them to about today's, um, today's episode. Um, another thing that, um, I wanted to mention is I uh, took a week off, which was really nice. I don't, I'm sure no one is just like watching my podcast, making sure, or just checking every week to make sure, uh, um, an episode comes out or wondering if an episode came out. If you are, that's great. I'm so glad you like it that much. Um, but I thought I could probably take a week off without a lot of, um, people wondering where I am. Um, so I, yeah, I took a week off. We've hit like another level of busy in this house and both of the kids are crawling now. And, uh, so things are being put in the mouths and our house isn't like an open concept house. It's an old farmhouse. And so it's very compartmentalized, like room to room to room. So I just find myself busy, um, chasing after them, also cleaning up everything so that I don't put everything in their mouth. It's just a very, very busy time. So it was nice to have a week off. So I, um, yeah, I'm grateful for that. Um, well, I have a little funny anecdote. I just love to share, um, little stories with you guys because in ways, you know, we can all relate. And, um, this one in particular, I just, it was a moment where I was really humbled. Um, it was, and it, it, but it, it's funny. It's a funny story. Um, so I, um, I take a, 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 workout class, um, of some kind. I try to do it each week, but it's been about a month since I've been to the gym. So because it had been so long, I wanted to take a little bit of an easier class. So this one was a water aerobics class. And I knew for sure, like classic water aerobics, it's going to be many women that are, uh, older, you know, usually in their like seventies, um, that can't handle a lot of extraneous exercise. The water movements are really gentle on your joints. That's why it's a popular class with the aged. Um, and I was looking forward to it too, cause I love being in the water and I just wanted like a change of pace. So I was coming into this class thinking, okay, like this, this will be no problem. This will be an easy, easy class, like no big deal. And so, yeah, I go, go to the class and yeah, sure enough, I'm the youngest one there, you know, probably by 40 years, which is totally fine. I'm comfortable in that situation. I love talking to women that have gone before me in life and can, um, either relate or just have advice. I love, I love talking to them. So I had a good time. Um, but I was also in the middle of the class. I was, I was thinking to myself like, oh yeah, this is really easy. Like, I don't really need to, you know, this isn't that big of a workout. Well, 
I got to this one move. They were about to transition into this one move. And the woman next to me says, I had a really hard time with this one the first time. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, and I was like, okay, whatever, you know, I'm sure it's not that big a deal. Um, and sure enough, we do it. We do this, this, she shows us this move and I, I try to do it where it's, you have to put two floaties underneath your knees and you have to float like you're in a chair, but then you also have to, like your feet can't touch the ground. Oh, oh honey. Okay, pause. Thank you for that pause. My little one needed me. Um, and she's now sitting on my lap, so you may hear some more baby squeaks. But um, so back to the story. Uh, yes. Yeah, so I, uh, sure enough, this was more difficult than I thought. I had put these, uh, you had to put these floaties underneath your knees and then hold yourself in a chair. And then you would did all these arm exercises underneath the water to build muscle strength. Well, that was very difficult and I could not keep myself underneath the water. And so my butt like fl flew up, uh, up from the water and I just kind of let out this like little squeal and the entire class started laughing at me, just full on like laughing. And then, um, and then one of the ladies said, well, we've, we've all, we all did that our first time. And it was just one of those great moments for me. just realizing like, here I was, you know, young girl coming in, being all prideful and thinking like, oh yeah, I got this, no problem. And then just humble pie was served right to me in a very sweet way. And it was, I loved it. I was very grateful to have that moment. Um, it kind of leveled the playing field and I hope to go back and enjoy that class. It was a really fun one. And I am a lot more sore than I thought I would be. It was a good workout. So, um, all right, well, I'm going to get into our verses for this week. We're still in the season about the Proverbs 31 woman. Um, this week we are going through verses 18 through 19. So I will read those here. And this is the ESV translation. She perceives that her merchandise is profitable. Her lamp does not go out at night. She puts her hand to the distaff and her hands hold the spindle. Um, so again, I think there's, uh, just as a reminder, if you haven't been following along with this season, um, we are looking at this, uh, this poem that is written in Proverbs 31 about the character of a virtuous woman. And so this is an acrostic poem. It's something that, um, you know, just character traits are laid out uh, when in the original Hebrew character traits are laid out in the order of the Hebrew alphabet. Um, we are far removed from the Hebrew alphabet, so I don't know exactly what those uh, character traits were. Um, but as we study this, we've been able to see that this woman um, is virtuous in the fact that she is, um, she is hardworking. She is wise. She, um, uh, takes care of her family. She has provisions for them. She um, is nurturing. She cares for them very greatly. Oh, hello there. Hi. Um, and I think that we get a uh, see again in this verse, she is again a hard worker. She perceives that her merchandise is profitable. Her lamp does not go out at night. She puts her hand to the distaff and she holds the spindle. Um, I did read some commentaries and got some notes put together as I just meditated on these verses. So I hope what we have, to, what I have to share here is helpful. Um, so in this first verse, verse 18, she perceives that her merchandise is profitable and her lamp does not go out at night. Um, I think that shows us that she is uh, committed to excellence in all she does working hours into the night to ensure uh, it is a job well done and will be it'll be desirable merchandise for the buyer, whoever it is um, that is buying, whatever it is that she's making. 
um, I think this is something as uh, Christians we can, um, yeah, that we can kind of like lose sight of, and that's committing to excellence. I think uh, committing to excellence is a mark of a wise woman who fears the Lord. Uh, if I'm honest, I... Uh, oh, it's okay, honey. It's okay. Here, let's get your water bottle. Um, if I'm honest, I often will work hard until it's, you know, good enough for me and move on or don't really try to improve my craft, which in some cases is fine because we can't all be excellent at everything or be overly perfectionistic. Um, and we don't always have capacity to be perfect in everything, obviously. Uh, but what if... We... Oh, yeah. Should I get you a toy? Is that what we need? Probably. Here, let me find something for you. Um... Here, you want to play with this, my dear? Holly, look. Oh, what's that? What's that? Um, um, let's see, where was I? Oh, yes. Um, so we obviously don't have capacity to be perfect in everything, but what if we took the time and patience and effort to pursue excellence in our homemaking or our parenting or our relationships? Let's take homemaking for example. What if instead of just setting the table with basic necessities, plates and silverware, etc., we took the time to hone a craft, to pull out tablecloths, uh, cloth napkins, candles, and maybe a simple vase of flowers from the garden or wildflowers? What would that communicate to our family or the people who sit down at the table with us? Welcome. This this beautiful space is prepared for you. All of your needs for the next hour will be met here. Food, drink, napkins, cleanliness, and all of the sights and smells and delights and, and as your senses um, can, can experience as you relax and fill your belly with good food. That sounds great to me. That sounds so much better than what I do most days, which is just, you know, slap something on this on the table and say, okay, come and eat. Um, so honing that craft, make, taking something that's average and making it excellent. Um, or maybe it's making a loaf of bread and not just a plain old loaf of bread. Well, um, maybe not just a plain old loaf of bread, but, you know, let me tell you, I've made those plenty of times and it has its purpose. Now we can't be, you know master bakers and everything we do but what if you took the time to learn how to make an artisan loaf with a beautiful scoring pattern or um maybe made took some time to make one of the most beautiful things that you've seen on the british baking show like a lemon tart like oh that's been on my list i can't i would love to make a lemon tart and just really uh, get a nice beautiful like a meringue uh frosting oh gosh that just looks incredible to me what if i could make that um, what if I had learned how to make that? And then just for no reason at all, would it make it for, for my family as a way to um, bring beauty and delights into our home? Um, beauty and excellence is, um, is it, um, and, oh, oh, okay. I'm going to put you down here. Okay. I think you dropped your snack. Um, uh, beauty and excellence, even in simple daily tasks, is meant to draw our eye and hearts to the Lord. In a word, world that is messy and broken, our souls crave beauty and excellence when we encounter it. 
it reminds us of the of the world that we belong to the uh, the future world we belong to uh, but um we don't get that experience here on earth because of sin and yet the world that we will one day get to spend eternity in is one of beauty and excellence and so i think um i think that that's something that kind of god god calls us into not to not to really make perfectionists perfectionists out of us because i am a recovering perfectionist i'm a recovering legalist and um i don't necessarily think that's specifically what god calls us to but i think it just communicates a beautiful truth about who he is what our future will be with him when we try to make something excellent and beautiful and not just kind of like a half-baked um a half-baked project if that makes sense or just live our lives as if everything is half-baked and we're never um never committing to yeah to making something beautiful um, so there, here's my challenge for you uh, for today. What is one thing that you can hone, a craft that you can hone or work towards excellence in? Maybe it's your dining room table, like I mentioned. Maybe it's a vase of flowers and a candle near the back door so that when your kids or spouse or partner walks in, they are greeted with beauty. Um, sometimes I like to walk through my home intentionally intentionally before we have guests Um as if someone is coming through my home like they would when they come and just kind of take a look around and see what is it that I could um, that I could provide for them like an experience I could provide for them that is hospitable and beautiful and excellent or maybe it's um, maybe it's making your bed every every day in a beautiful way so that you and your spouse actually want to spend time there and relax and connect instead of going to bed at the last minute because it's the only place for sleep again something i have been thinking about every time i walk in our bedroom i am uh just like oh man this is our bedroom i mean it's fine but it's not like amazing i would love it for be to be a place where we actually want to spend time so uh, maybe that's an area that I can try to uh, hone and or uh, area in my homemaking that I can try to hone and be better at. So this other verse that says the lamp does not go out at night um, is I think it is an idealized picture of a woman who is diligent to complete her work both in the morning and the evening. Um, there's a lot of other implications about uh, this little section you could take from it. I think it, it does simply mean that is that... Um, her lamp does not go out at night. She is not that she's working through the night every night, but that if there's a job that needs to be done, she's going to work diligently until it's complete. Um, I think then again, I think we see the character trait here of someone that is a hard worker. Um, another idea I, uh, I read in a commentary was that there could have been an element of protection of her house here. So leaving a lamp burning through the night was a way to keep thieves and others, uh, other evil people away, kind of like uh, what we, we would think of like as a security light. Um, or yet another idea is here is that uh, she is like leaving the light on. You know that old saying like, I'll leave a light on for you. It's like a sign of hospitality for weary travelers, people that are coming home late at night and there is uh, a light on. If, it, if the whole house is dark, you feel like, oh shoot, I can't like just come in and you know do my thing make my noises but if there's a light on it's like oh come on in like we'll see you in the morning but come on in um so whatever it is there there's a lot there's lots of good ideas and things we can take from this but i think um a broad application 
um, is important here, not a too literal one. So something like she's a hard worker, um, she's hospitable, maybe she protects her home is some things to grab from that little tiny sentence that the lamp does not go out at night. Um, so there is this, uh, the next verse, uh, Psalm, or sorry, uh, verse 19 says, she puts her hand to the distaff and her hands hold the spindle. This is a simple sentence and it seems more matter of fact than poetic. This whole thing has been pretty poetic. When you look at this sentence, just as it is, it's a little, um, it seems, yeah, just kind of simple, but it was meant to be, I think this was a common, um, a common occurrence as as in any household of a Jewish woman. So flax and wool were used to make clothing, tapestries, and this task was the most common of women. It was one of the main duties of the woman of the household, along with cooking and everything. So if you can think of like, I don't know, what maybe a stereotypical picture of a homemaker is today, um, what are some of the things that come to mind? You know, like cooking, cleaning, you know, just kind of like keeping the house. Well, back then, um, making clothes or making these things was one of those just like came with the came with the territory type of uh, uh, type of task. Young women were trained early on how to make these things, so um, it was very likely that she, when she was married, she um, she you know got a distaff and a spindle, and this was now part of her daily life was making these things or weekly or monthly or whatever, uh, whatever that looked like. I don't know how long it takes to make clothes, obviously, um, but um, so yeah, this was a, just a, a run-of-the-mill duty for a woman. And as mentioned in the previous verses, this woman was a maker of clothes. So if you think back a few episodes, um, there was another verse that kind of harkened to this idea where she was a maker of clothes. Um, I won't rehash all of what we talked about in that ver- or in that first episode of the series, but I think we can simply glean from this verse that uh, she did this simply. She simply did it. She she acted. She puts her hand to the distaff. She holds a spindle. She is faithfully uh, at this machine making clothes for her family. And we don't, while we don't make clothes, you know, in this day and age, we off, all of us buy our clothes other places unless you are really good at knitting sweaters. We will, um, um, we will not, you know, have the same experience. But I think what we can ask ourselves is, um, are we faithfully doing these tasks? Are we faithfully taking care of our home? Are we faithfully folding laundry, making sure our kids and spouse have what they need? Again, this is something I hashed out in the in the first uh, chapter. But there is this, um, or the first episode of this season, but I th- found this quote. So I think a few episodes ago, I had quoted um, Anne Pratt. I really like this uh, commentary she has on the Proverbs 31. If you want to look it up, go to blueletterbible.com, search uh, the com- in the commentaries for Anne Pratt, and uh, you'll find this is the only one that is on there, I think. Um, but she has this little quote in there. It's like a little poetic thing, I think from somebody else. She's quoting somebody else here. So I really don't know who this is from, but I just liked what it said. It said, in the old times, there was far less of gadding and far more of home-born, heartfelt comfort, rooted strong in industry and bearing such rare fruit as wealthy might not never purchase or might never purchase. I love this quote because I think it touches on something I think many women are realizing. Homeborn, 
heartfelt comfort of home rooted strong in industry. That means employment of being a homemaker and bearing such rare food is better than all of the money the world can buy. Better than the cash gained by working tirelessly outside the home just to keep up with the Joneses. I don't know where you are all at in life. I don't know who's listening to this podcast. I don't know if you guys are full-time stay-at-home moms, if you are homemakers, um, as and that's like your vision and passion. I don't know if you are working full-time, part-time, in school. I really don't know. Um, but this world really entices us to have a certain standard of living. It entices us to buy more so we can be happy. And because of this, our world has become very used to a two-income household. My husband and I talk about this all the time when we see the prices of homes or the cost of cars and cost of living. We are a one-income household, and I know many people out there are having a hard time right now with the cost of living. Um, And they're two-income households. So this is a common problem for all of us. But I think the part of the problem is that we have gotten so used to two-income households. I have chosen to be um, to be, to be home and to sacrifice an income so that I could do all this that we are talking about here. So I could do the good and simple tasks of home, honing the craft of homemaking, bringing beauty and excellence and order into this home as a way to push back the kingdom of darkness and bring in the kingdom of light to raise our kids in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. That is no small thing. And it is no easy thing. And, um, it, it, doesn't have to take uh, someone that is only ever home um, 100% of the time. I fully believe that I could con- could have continued working, um, but it just, it felt like to me, I my attention was divided. Um, and so again, I don't know where you are at. Um, it's no easy, but, and this homemaking thing is no easy thing. I just want to be honest here. I It's not something I... I don't know if I could have done really well if I had continued working. Everyone is so different. Don't fill in what I'm seeing here. But if you feel there, the desire to be at home and devote more of yourself to your home, your kids, your husband, your homemaking, but are afraid of the financial implications, don't. Don't worry. Now, I don't know your I don't know your financial picture, so I am not going to give financial advice here. But what I I want to talk to the heart. So if you guys. If you're fine, you don't need a second income, and you're you feel that tug to be at home. I would say consider it. Your home has far more eternal value than having a really nice car or a big house, or the latest and greatest skincare. Your home has an eternal value. Again, you do your own number crunching, and if you need to work to make ends meet, by all means, that is a wise and good and God honoring thing to do. But if you are feeling that tug on your heart to be at home with your kids or your husband um, instead of going out there and making money, I, I definitely encourage it. I think you will find um, find it fulfilling. I think you will find uh, not not easy. Don't hear me say it's easy. It's very very hard. It's the hardest job I've ever had. But I think there is um, there's a beauty here that is hard to hard to hold, hard to grasp um, when our hearts aren't. We're not devoting ourselves fully to it. Um, that was a, a very big tangent off of that quote. But I, so that quote, because it was talking about, you know, this idea that the home uh, is, 
is bearing something more beautiful than wealth might never purchase. Things that you can't purchase with money. Things that you can't purchase with that job that you're working tirelessly at. Um, so I, I lost my, my spot here in my notes. And, um, and, but I will say on, on that note, um, so I, I did leave my job when it, when I was just feeling like I couldn't, I couldn't be the homemaker I wanted. I couldn't do all the things that I was really wanting to do working even a few days a week. Um, I took a step of faith, um, and I left my job and it was tight. It was tight. My husband and I, we, it was a make ends meet kind of a situation for, uh, about a whole year until he got another job offer. So, but it's a kind of a cool God story, that story. I left my job, um, which we kind of needed my income, but that exact same day that I turned in my notice, God provided my husband with a raise that exact same day. It was a confirmation to use that. Yes. Good move. I honor this Alyssa from the Lord. These things were, things were still tight for us for sure. I look back on that time and think, oh my, how were we even making it? But it just goes to show me that if I was willing to be wise with our finances and dedicate myself to the economy of my home and through being thrifty, saving money, making foods from scratch and the, the industry of it, then it was going to work out. And all that fancy stuff um, I didn't need because all of that as that little quote said, of home-born, heartfelt comfort, rooted strong in industry and bearing such rare fruit as wealth might never purchase. Um, so I, I do think, uh, I do think it's possible to live on a one-income house, uh, a one-income, uh, yeah, be a one-income household. Um, now, again, I don't know your situation, so don't hear me saying that's what you need to do. But um, again, I just want to encourage you one more time. If that's something on your heart, it is okay and good and amazing to devote yourself to that. Um, let's see. Um, oh, uh, so kind of along with this, um, as far as like honing skills and honing crafts, I wanted to just share this little piece of information, something I really have been thinking about, um, that kind of goes along with this. And, and that is how homemaking is kind of like a muscle. It's like a skill like any other. So we're, we're studying this Proverbs 31 woman and that we see, we've seen time and time again, like she is a hard worker. She's a hard worker. She's a hard worker. She's a hard worker. Um, I, I think homemaking is a skill like any other. My sister was over the other day and she had made a comment about how I keep my kitchen clean or something, which I don't do 24 seven. It gets a really good clean sweep about once a week, but, um, I do try to keep up on the dishes because that's just, you know, mental sanity. Um, and I got to thinking, well, I have, you know, I have been home full time for two whole years now. Now that's not a lot of time when you think about, oh, seasoned homemaker. I am no seasoned homemaker. I'm still new. Um, but I have been, um, without, uh, employment outside the home for two whole years, no job responsibilities outside the home. So I have put in all my effort into homemaking, uh, honing my skills, building up those muscles of cleaning the kitchen when I don't want to and finishing the day strong. Those are all muscles to strengthen and more so a muscle of the heart to strengthen. I put in practice. I, um, or, um, Sorry, I 
it's kind of like that you practice it. It's like I practice the idea of saying, yes, this is hard work, but I can do hard things. Or yes, I'm tired, but I will be grateful for when this kitchen is clean tomorrow. Or I am trying to get stuff done and the kids are under my feet. It takes uh, patience or it takes practice to not lose my patience or get all worked up and anxious. It is a muscle that you work just like when you work out. At first, you're really weak. You're like, oh my gosh, like this is so hard. This is so heavy. And then pretty soon that five pound dumbbell just feels like nothing. Um, and over, over, over and over time, it gets easier and it just comes with the territory. So someday I will be a well seasoned homemaker. I will look back and, um, think, wow, those things that bothered me, you know, when I was a brand new homemaker really won't bother me when I'm 10 years into it or 15 or 30. I was just listening to a podcast earlier today about, um, about this idea about how we, we don't have to stop growing just because we're now adults that we can't take on any new adventure or new, um, can't learn anything new. So she, she had this really great way of saying that she's like, just think about it. Let's say you're 40 and you want to start, you want to play piano. You've never played piano before. You've always wanted to, you can learn. Let's say you, you do that. You start playing when you're 40 and then in 10 years, you'll be 50. And how much will you have accomplished in 10 years? And then let's say you look ahead to 73 and you have your grandchildren around and you're playing Christmas music or Christmas hymns at the piano because you decided at 40 years old to start something new, to learn, teach yourself something at the age that you were and not just say, oh, I'm old, I can't learn new things. That just excited me so much to think about what what will it look like for me to be in my 70s and be a homemaker when my family's coming over and I've got all of these things and skills and that I've honed over the years. I hope I hope my hospitality is like through the roof. I hope my cooking is way better than it is now. I hope um oh, I hope for so many things. Um and that's so that just really excited me. Um, so kind of going along with this idea of like a homemaking is a skill that you hone. It is an industry. Um, that's been something that is just really, I've kind of, I've just really um, been thinking about over this, this last year of like, this is my full-time job. This is, this is it. And I can grow in it. I can develop myself just like when you're at a professional job and they have, you know, ongoing development for you. It's like, we don't do that when we're homemakers because we just think, oh, it's just, you know, cooking and cleaning. But no, it's so much more than that. And it's just more than cooking and cleaning too. It's parenting. It's growing in that, stretching those muscles, um, learning new tactics for parenting. Um, you guys are getting me all excited. I'm getting myself all excited. This is why I started the podcast. This is why I love this stuff. I love homemaking and I love encouraging you guys. I hope you're feeling encouraged by listening to this and then you're all pumped up to go do something fun and learn something new. Um, so anyway, there is kind of my last little nugget for you guys. Your homemaking ladies is a worthy industry. It is a work that doesn't produce bills and coins like cash in your pocket. Most likely some women have figured out how to do that. I hope to do some that do that someday too, but it is producing a fruit for the kingdom of heaven and treasures are being stored up there for, um, for our God, they're being stored up there. And it's, that is a, a worthy thing. And I think we'll see in, in eternity how worthy that really was. 
If you are a person that likes to follow people on Instagram, uh, one person I really like to follow is Rachel Cruz. She is Davy, <coughs> excuse me, Dave Ramsey's daughter. If you haven't heard of Dave Ramsey, he has this uh, Financial Peace University um, book course that he encourages people to get out of, get out of debt with um, this these baby steps and everything. Anyway, just really good like practical wisdom and knowledge for either getting out of debt or um, just managing a budget and keeping all of that. Just, you know, kind of being the boss of your own finances in that way. Anyway, his daughter works alongside him and she has, um, you know, some shows and different things, but I really like to watch her on Instagram because she has a lot of really great nuggets and wisdom about spending uh, and comparing yourself to others. And so I would encourage you guys, if you, you know, if that's something that you took away from this thinking like, okay, yeah, like maybe we can live on, on a little less or um, she just has, has a lot of really great tips and can kind of help, help you think through like, okay, why are you buying this? And, uh, that kind of stuff. So if you need encouragement in that way, I would go check her out. Um, all right. Well, thank you guys. That was all of my notes. Um, I need to go wake up Benjamin cause he's been sleeping almost an hour past Holly when she woke up. Oh, it's okay. honey. All right. I better go. I will talk to you guys later. Bye.